Ah, what an awesome God today. I, I, I am uh, excited, anticipating, and a uh, little overwhelmed all at the same time. I'm not sure what all that's about. Hallelujah. A lot of distractions that are trying to take our focus, and uh, we gotta we got to maintain our focus. There, there's a battle. When, when we're in a time like this, there's a, always a battle between the flesh and the spirit. And um, we have to, as a church, we've got to maintain our focus because uh, if our focus gets off, we're, we're going we're gonna to make huge mistakes and we're going to lose. We don't, we don't have any ability without the leadership of the Holy Spirit and empowering the Holy Spirit. That's our power. And that's how we... That's how we um, overcome we have been talking about how jesus overcame the uh powers of the enemy and i want to talk a little bit more about that today and uh i I believe i have a a message today to uh, prepare us for the things that are coming the things that are ahead we we are not living in a time of relaxing. This isn't a time to relax. This is a time to be diligent. And uh, we, uh, we have yet to see the, 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 the battle that is coming. And uh, there's going to be battle. Everybody just, uh, just understand that. We are entering into uh, some of the most intense uh, warfare that this nation has known in, in, in a long, long time. And uh, it has to do with good and evil. It's uh, it's not about it's. People are being manipulated by these uh, deities, these supernatural deities that are instigating uh, confusion, instigating uh, anger, uh, all the things that you see going on today. That is, that is uh, spiritual. Spiritual. We, we have a tendency to move to the fleshly, but it is a spiritual battle, and it's going to have to be won in the heavenlies. It's going to have to be won through prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, God is awesome. Thank you, Lord. Sister Val sang that song, I Know Who I Am. One of the things that we've been preaching for a long time, one of the things the church has to get a hold of is, is our identity. And we lose our identity when we stop focus, focusing on who has redeemed us, who, is, who we're in. We are in Christ. We are not doing our own thing, letting Christ work with us. We are in Christ. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. There are so many things whirling in my head right now. In the book of Mark, chapter 8, verse 34, start with verse 34. I'm going to have to find a place to get started here, or I'm just going to give you a shotgun effect. Mark, chapter 8, verse 34. When he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, 
Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. Now, this, this statement came right after Peter. He rebuked Peter because Peter uh, had taken Jesus aside and began to rebuke him for what he was saying. He was talking about the fact that he was going to have to give his life and and Peter didn't like that. It, 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 didn't, it didn't fit the uh, promotional things that Peter had planned uh, for their ministry. And uh, Peter already had the big posters printed up for the next revival and the next move. And, and uh, Jesus talking about dying. Well, that, that, that didn't fit things very good because uh, that, that's not the plan. And, and Jesus rebuked Peter and said, get behind me. Satan, he turned his back on Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you you desire the things of man, not the things of God. And what Jesus was saying is there you have to come to a place where you identify totally differently. You don't identify people's always trying to find themselves. You don't need to find yourselves, you need to find Jesus in you. You need to find the Holy Spirit. You need to find out who God created you to be. You need to find out the gifts that God gave you. You don't need to try to improve yourself. You need to die to yourself and let God come alive inside of you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You improve yourself. You're just improving the mistakes and the faults. Amen. The weakness. You're trying to improve weakness. You don't need to improve weakness. You need to die to weakness and, and release yourself to the strength of God. Amen. Praise God. The church, has, the church has prostituted itself out to self-help so long that we, we can't do anything but try to recreate ourselves every day and all the time in our image. we got to die to that. It's not your image. It's him. Amen. It's not your gifts. It's his gifts. Amen. I told you I'm just, I'm, I've got to focus this thing. It's like, it's like gasoline. We can, either, we, can either, we can either focus it and drive for hundreds of miles or just sit the gas tank on fire and have a big explosion. One or the other, amen. All right. He said, if you're going to come after me, let it, everyone deny himself and follow me. The word deny here, what, he, what Jesus is actually saying is, the, the word deny means to... To not acknowledge any longer that person. To not to say, I don't even know who that is. When Peter denied Jesus three times, he said, I do not know that man. He broke all association with him. And said, I don't know that man. And thank God Jesus reconciled him. Amen. Brought him back and brought him face to face with who he is and then uh, let him know that, hey, you're going to have to get rid of, of that guy because he is something else. Amen. 
Yeah, Jesus could have stood there and reminded Peter of all the, all the mistakes he'd made, you know? You know, the, you remember this, remember that, but he didn't. He said, you need, to, you need to love me, and you need to feed my sheep. And God, Jesus restored uh, Peter, and, and Peter became a very powerful person in the early church and still is today. But he said, deny yourself to, to affirm that one has no connection with, to say, I don't have any connection with. Jesus is literally saying, you need to come to the place where you can say, I really don't have any connection to that person I used to be. Amen. I, I hear people all the time say, well, I'm the kind of person that, and, and Facebook is loaded with these, these self-identification things, you know. Pick out this picture and it'll show you who you are. And I mean, people go crazy over that. You don't need to know that. You need to get on your knees and ask God who you are. You need to get in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Let him change you, transform you. And, and it's not going to be some picture that tells you who you are. It's not some psychological, neurological babble that comes out and says, this is what you're all about. No, it's a change. It's a transforming change. All of a sudden, you no longer have the weaknesses you used to have. Now those weaknesses have died, and strength has taken their place because there's somebody greater inside of you than what you were born with. You were born with failure, but now you are born into victory. Hallelujah. There is a change that takes place in the people of God. Praise God. I haven't had any voice all week, and today I've got some, so I'm, I'm trying to... <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Remember in Colossians 2.15, we, we talked about the fact that, that Jesus disarmed principalities and powers. In other words, took their abilities away from them. They, they, he didn't say he destroyed them. He said he disarmed them. Disarmed them. We are still dealing with the, uh, the powers that Jesus confronted, but in Christ, they are disarmed. Now, we go back to, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. If you want to disarm principalities and powers in your life, you have to deny yourself. You have to come into Christ and, and when you come into Christ, they are disarmed over your life. But as long as you try to hang on to that old life, as long as you try to hang on to the things that you, that you like, that you don't want to get rid of, the sins and things that, that beset you, as long as you hang on to those things, you're under the authority of these beings, these spiritual beings that know you. They're familiar with you. What we're seeing happening in our nation right now, we are, we are seeing the impact of these super mundane beings that we talked about a couple of weeks ago and, and, and their ability to rule. And the, the very word principality means the authority to exercise rule over. Jesus said, I have, I have disarmed those who have the authority to exercise rule over and empowers means freedom of action and right to act. Now, we see that these, these angelic beings had assignment over the earth. They had assignment over different regions. There are, there are angelic beings that disobeyed God, that separate from God, that have assignment over different regions. And those 
when they have assignment, when they have, they have the right to act, they have the authority to exercise rule over. What we're seeing in our nation right now is the same old thing that has been, been done for years after year after year, nation after nation after nation. They have not changed their ways, and the reason is because they know humanity and they know what works. They know what to, how to push our buttons. They know how to instigate us. They know how to lure us. They know how to get us to step away from God. They know just the right buttons to push to get us riled up to cause this destabilization to be able to take over countries and nations by instigating and manipulating the people and the rulers of those nations. And we're seeing that right now. There's, that's why I'm preaching this message today, because the church in America has got to break agreement with what we have been. We've got to break agreement with what we have been. I'm going to say it again. We've got to break agreement with what we have been. Because what we have been has been a compromising, weak clubhouse that hasn't accomplished much of anything except turning into entertainment and raising our value of entertainment. I got to tell you something. God didn't call us to be entertainers. He called us to be life changers. He called us to change people, confront sin. He called us to raise people up out of the gutters, not go and pat them on the head while they're laying there. We, uh, we've got to find our identity as the house of God. We're not Baptists. We're not Methodists. We are not Catholics. We are not non-denominational. We are children of the Most High God. We have one identity. We have one place. We have one Lord, and we are one people. And until we find our identity, we will be weak and anemic and living in the gutter and trying to figure out why the blessings of God are withheld from us. But i got to tell you something. God has come to pick you up out of the gutter, wash you off and clean you off, and raise you up where you can stand in his glory and his power. Principalities and powers manipulate the church like a bunch of puppets. I've seen it all my life, 40-some years of being a pastor. I've seen the devil manipulate people and bring destruction to places, bring destruction to each other. Where envy and strife is, is confusion and every evil work. And the devil knows how to get people full of envy and strife. And, and then that confusion sets in. Next thing you know, everybody's at each other, don't know why they're at each other. They're against each other, fighting against each other, and confusion breaks out. And then we have what has become the most common word in church history in America, the church split. All evangelism, all church growth in the last several years has been from churches splitting. 
I'm going to preach this today. The reason is because we've lost our identity. We've lost our yieldedness. And we've submitted to the authorities of the region instead of the authorities of heaven. Everywhere you go, there are certain things that work in that region. In our region, self-promotion is one of the power struggles of the body of Christ. Self-promotion, arrogance, independence, can't work with one another, can't join together because we got to have something better than the other church. We got we to gotta, we gotta have something more significant than somebody else. We got to be higher. We got to be better. We, and, and the whole thing is to try to attract people. Try to get people to believe that we have the only word. We've got the only revelation from God. That is the, that is the, the deities of this region. Not the God of heaven. Come on now. I've seen it for, for years. I've yielded to it. I've been manipulated by it. I've watched it. But I got to tell you something. There's something taking place. There's something taking place in our day. We're starting to say, hey, I, 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 I don't think I want that identity anymore. I don't think I want that anymore. Amen. I would rather crawl into a prayer meeting full of the power of God than raise up and be recognized as somebody significant. Amen. That's why the enemy tried to steal my voice this week. Genesis or Judges. Praise God. I've, I've got to. I've got to kind of meter myself here. I'm just. I'm going to be running on tops of those pews <laughs> and spitting all over everybody, not getting anything done. I mean, it's. It just. That's why it's coming up inside of me. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm trying to mind my manners. Amen. Hallelujah. We, we've, got to, we've got to realize, listen, America is only sovereign if we're under the sovereignty of our God. We, we, we are not invincible. Matter of fact, we are like putty right now. We are not stone. We are putty. But I, 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 woo! I don't know if I'm going to speak in English or talk in tongue. I mean, it's, there's something rising up inside of me that ain't me. Amen. 
I feel a passion rising up inside of me that did not come from me because I, I am wore out. I have worked long hours for the last two weeks, and I am wore out today, but there's somebody inside of me don't know what wore out is. He has strength. When we're weak, he's strong. When we can't walk, he can go on. When we can't speak, he can speak. He is a power that does not fade. devil try to knock you down, God will raise you right back up. Amen. Right in his face. He thinks he's got you whipped. Next thing you know, you're getting up praising the Lord. I told Sister Val today, I, I knew there was a warfare going to take place, and I, I told Sister Val, I said, I said, you are anointed, you are commissioned, you are free of intimidation. Amen. Free of intimidation. Because they're there's, there's a God that we serve that is almighty. He is the most high God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Devil tried to cripple me up. I tell you, I, I, he didn't get it done. Amen. Doctor told me I shouldn't even be able to walk, but I can walk. I can do more than walk. I can work. Amen. I have been, I have been very busy. All the numbness has gone out of my leg now. I have no numbness left in my leg. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> A few weeks ago, I had no strength in my right leg because the nerves in my back were compressed because a disc had blown out and went up inside of my, inside of my uh, spinal column and was compressing the nerves and compressing my spinal column. And the, doc the doctor said I should be, shouldn't be able to do anything, shouldn't be home, shouldn't be, and should be in intense pain. But I gotta tell you something, I was in intense pain. I was at a place where I couldn't function. I was at a place where I couldn't walk. But there's somebody that I know that has power greater than the power of this world. And to Today, this right leg is as strong as the other one. I have strength. I couldn't do that. I tried to do that in the doctor's office and fell flat on the floor. But not now. Why? Because I don't belong to me. I said I don't belong to me. I belong to somebody else. And he needs this body to function. And so he said, hey, we can't do that. You need to get back up. Come on now. Hallelujah. All this aching and hurting, it's going to go. It's gone in Jesus' name. Why? Because it got to function. We got stuff to do. <laughs> the best way to stay sick is to own your own body. When you own your own body, then you are subject to the principalities of your region. But when you submit it to God, then your body is no longer subject to the principalities of your region. Your body is 
subject to God. Your body belongs to God. It's like your car. If your car breaks down, you fix it. And this is, my, is, this is the car and the vehicle, the Holy Spirit, so he got to fix it. That's what I tell him all the time. Things start going wrong, I say, hey, Holy Spirit, you need to pull me in the garage and fix this thing because, you know, this thing's malfunctioning on me. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to preach this. I'm trying to stay focused here. Judges. Chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, listen to me. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, so the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for several years, and the hand of Midian prevailed against them. Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them for themselves the dens, the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. My Jesus. So it was, whenever Israel had sown, Midianites would come up, also the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor oxen or donkey. The children of Israel disobeyed God, turned away from God, did evil in his sight, and it says the Lord gave them into the hand of the Midian. Now, what is happening here? We need to understand it because it still happens today. If we're not in Christ, we're under the same system that they were under in the Old Testament. Midian or the Israelites disobeyed God. And it says he turned them over to. He gave them over to. What's that? What's he saying? God had to release legal right to the people of God because they turned away from him and took themselves out from under the covering of his power. And so they came under the authority of the power of their region, which the Midians were under the authority of, the Amalekites. See, these deities, these powers work through people, and they work through leaders. And when Israel sinned against God, you got to understand legal right, legal authority. God had legal right over the children of Israel because they were serving and they were under his authority. But when they begin to turn away from God and sin against him, the spiritual realm is very, very legal. And so God had to let go of them and give them over to the regional principalities. And so they come under the Midianites. And so they were oppressed by the Midianites. Everything they produced, they lost. 
Everything they grew, they lost. They were oppressed under the oppression of the Midianites. Why? Because the Midianites represented the deity of that region at that time. You understand what I'm saying now? You say, God, why did you forsake us? God never forsook anybody. But when we turn away from God, he will pursue us, but he can no longer claim legal right over you. Because you release yourself and bring yourself under the authority of whatever deity reigns over your region. I've traveled all over the world, and I've seen the operation of different deities in different places. Everywhere you go, there's a different stronghold. Everywhere you go, there's, there's these different, it, they, they all have their own flavor. And you see the stronghold. In India, they have so many gods in India and the temples. Whenever you're in the area of that certain temple, you see the operation of that deity or that spirit. Whether it's the cobra temple or the elephant temple, whatever deity they've had lately. Because they got millions of them. And if you are not operating under the authority of the God of heaven, then you come under the authority of those deities whenever you go there. They have power over you. They have authority over you. They can manipulate you. And I've seen it happen. I've seen people become manipulated by that stuff. But when you're walking in the power of Jesus covered by the blood, full of his spirit, walking in the word, then when you walk in, everything comes under your authority. Hallelujah. Those demons start rebelling. They get angry. They start fighting back. Why? Because one greater than them has come. And that's Jesus. Not you, Jesus. Why? Because you've done release yourself under the authority of God by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so when you take authority over that thing, then you begin to see the outcome of that. And people, people start giving their lives to the Lord. They start being healed. They start being delivered. One meeting we held was in the area of the Cobra Temple. Very, very violent temple. Very violent spirit. But we saw people set free. And when we when begin to pray and minister, those spirits would begin to erupt. The people would even come in the prayer line to be prayed for. And as soon as they got to me and I laid my hand on their head, they would begin to fight and rebel. 
Why? Because they just come in contact with somebody who had authority over them, and that's Jesus. Hallelujah. I saw this one, there was this one little lady. It's the awfulest thing. I've got it on video somewhere. It's the awfulest thing that I've ever seen. Maybe not the awfulest thing I've ever seen, but it was bad. This little lady, every night of the meeting, she would squeal, squeal like, like a wounded animal because her tongue was being pulled out of her mouth. It looked like somebody had a pair of pliers on her tongue and just trying to rip it out of her face. It would come out to a, sharp, to a point. And she would, she would stand there bent over just squealing. And we would pray for her. And she would finally get relief. She would finally get deliverance. And then the next night, here she'd be back squealing again. Pray for her again. She'd get delivered. I was getting, I was getting really irritated. And I kept thinking, how, how's this happening? And so I went to the leader over there we work with, and I said, Dr. Benjamin, what's going on here? We pray for this young lady, and she gets delivered every night, and then the next night she's back, and the same thing. He said, oh, you don't understand. He said, these people are so afraid of the priest of their temple that the next day after they're delivered, they run back and offer sacrifice to their priest because they're afraid that their priest will hurt them. I said, hurt them? What do they think he's doing now? But he said, sometimes it takes up to six months to get them to stop running back. Why? Because they understand the power of that spiritual deity. And they haven't known Jesus long enough to trust that he's able to protect them and keep them safe. And so it takes time for them to come to the place where they're able to stand up and say, I am washed in the blood of Jesus. I am saved and redeemed from you. I am filled with the Holy Spirit, and you no longer have authority over my life. The Midians oppressed them until the people of God began to cry out. Begin to cry out to God. Want to come back. Want God to bless them. And God raised up a prophet. And he said, I delivered you from Egypt. I delivered you from the hand that oppressed you. I am the Lord your God. But you have not obeyed my voice. What's God saying? Now, a lot of people read this and say and think, well, God's saying either you do what I tell you to or I'm just going to let you suffer. That's because we don't understand the operation of the spirit realm. To put it in ways that we can understand, God was saying, 
I can't do it until you give me back legal right over your lives. You disobeyed my voice. In other words, you took yourself away from my power and away from my help, and you put yourself under the Midians. And now I can't help you until you bring it back and give it back to me. Bring yourself back under my authority and my power so I can protect you and deliver you from this. So God raised up a very unlikely person named Gideon. He was afraid. He was hiding. He was the least of his family. Had no reputation. Is somebody getting some hope here this morning that God can use you? He said, I'm the least of everything. And the angel Lord said, Almighty man of valor. Almighty man of valor. Why did the angel say that? Val was singing about it, talking about it today. Because Gideon couldn't see who he was when he come under the authority of God. He could only see himself for who he is now in the natural. But the angel saw the person that God created him to be when he come under the authority of God. And so the angel kept talking to the real person. The angel kept talking to the creation of God, not the creation of man. And so the angel said, oh, mighty man of valor. <laughs> Gideon's like, Who are you talking to? See, when we die to ourselves and follow Jesus, we step out of the weak, anemic, damaged product of the world, and we step into the recreated perfection of Almighty God. We step into the vision God originally had for you. <laughs> we step into an authority that we never possessed before. And now we can walk in authority without even trying. I like it when people get healed just because they come into the presence of people that walk with God. I've seen people healed without him being prayed for, just simply because they step out of the authority of the regional demon, and they step into the presence of the Almighty God, and what God had transformed them because they came into his presence. I, I have a vision for that. That's my vision for what we call church. 
my vision for what we call church is that when people walk in here, they walk out from under the regional demon and the powers of this world, and they walk into the covering and authority of Almighty God, and suddenly they go, they go from what got the world created them to be, and all of a sudden they step into what God created them to be. That's what I'm talking about my vision for church. I don't have a vision for church growth. You know why? Because I'm not interested in just going out and gathering up people. What I'm interested in, in is bringing the power and presence of God to earth to where people are drawn to Him. And when they come in His presence, they are changed, they are transformed, they are delivered, they are healed, and they are saved. Why? Because they step into the authority of Almighty God. <laughs> All you have to do is walk in. I've got to say a statement that a lot of people don't understand. They think it's arrogant. It's not. Kind of like, kind of like Smith Wigglesworth. In his day, people thought he was arrogant because he would tell pastors, if God doesn't move, I'll move him. And they thought that was arrogant. Smith Wigglesworth wasn't being arrogant. He was saying, if there's nothing happening in that area, I'm going to walk in and stir some things up and God's going to move. Why? Because God will take authority. Amen. What he was saying is, I'm not under the authority of the regional devil, and when I come in, God takes control. And I've got this saying that a lot of people don't understand. I say, when I walk into a, to a room, it's my room. People think that's arrogant. That's not arrogant. That's understanding who you are. That's understanding the fact that when you step in, somebody a whole lot bigger than you just walked into that room. The God of all, all, all ages, the power of glory resides inside of you. And all you are is the vehicle. But when you walked in, somebody a whole lot bigger than you just stepped in and a whole bunch of big angels came in with you and you walk into that place and next thing you know, demons begin to kneel at the sound of his voice and at his power. If I didn't believe that, I would never travel. I would never go into a village and preach the gospel again where witchcraft is empowered. Why? Because I would, I would be afraid of that. But I, I, I got to know, I know, I know that I know that I know that when Jesus steps into a place, he takes power over all power and authority. You say, what I have to do, show up. Just show up. And Second Chronicles, very familiar story. Second Chronicles, chapter twenty. Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was 
They were under attack. Let's look at verse 5. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God? who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people, Israel, and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever. And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save us. And now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but, the, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives and their children stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all you of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord to you, Do not be afraid nor dismayed, because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Many times, unless you take it into the context of what I'm preaching this morning, you really don't understand what's going on here. But Jehoshaphat and all the people went and yielded themselves to the word. The word of God. They went and stood before the temple, and Jehoshaphat took his stand in what God had said and yielded himself to the word of God and reminded God that you have said this, and now you are God. Oh, Jesus. When he got finished, the Holy Spirit came upon just a regular man, flesh and blood. And all of a sudden, the word of the Lord 
began to come out of that man's mouth. And he said, don't be afraid. You won't have to fight in this battle because this battle now belongs to me. What are we talking about? We're talking about the regional super mundane being that was over these three nations and brought them down against Israel and Judah. Judah and Israel were not possible, it was not possible for them to overcome this in themselves. But Jehoshaphat was smart enough that instead of saying, get your swords and get your shields and let's go out to battle, Jehoshaphat said, hey, let's go to church. Let's go gather together as the people of God and stand under his word. And they come together and took their place under the word of God and cried out to God and declared what God had said and yielded themselves to God's word. And God said, you have now given me legal right to go against your enemy and defeat them. Just have fun and sing. Put the singers out front. Go into the battle singing because now you have released legal right to me and I can en engage this deity and the people under him legally. Praise God. I think we're getting it. I think we're starting to understand what's going on here. They went out to sing. They put the singers out front. They marched into battle singing, worshiping and singing. Amen, just worshiping God. Hallelujah. I think I told, another thing I told Sister Val today, I said, I said, we are free of intimidation. We look the devil in the eyes and we worship. Hallelujah. We don't get all hungered down and say, oh, how can I do this? I got to fight back. No, we stop and say, hey, I ain't got time for you. Whoa. Oh, God, you're amazing. God, you're amazing. Make the devil stand there and listen to you praise and worship God. <laughs> don't start saying I'm under attack. When the enemy comes against you, Make him stand there and listen to you talk about the one that defeated him 2,000 years ago. Raise up glory and honor to the king of glory and make him listen to it. <laughs> well, of glory. Y'all better be on that camera because I'm about to take off. I do my best staying this little square now because they can't catch up with me. You're going to have to get fast. Amen. Homeboy's about to get out of the home plate. I'm about to get out of here. Amen. 
Now listen. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. Man, you guys, you guys just pull the word out of me. Amen. I love it. I said for years, I wish I could have as much fun preaching at home as I have preaching overseas. I tell you, I am. We've come to that place. Amen. We've come to that place, man. I, I, have, a, I have a great time. Hallelujah. Well, <laughs> there's times I'll be preaching overseas and the presence of God be so heavy that the, the hair on my body is literally standing straight out. And I feel the presence of God. It feels like I got electricity going all over me. And, and some say that I glow. You know, I just, I start shining and glowing. And I, 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 think, I think that's coming home. Amen. We're, we're about to have some fun around here. Amen. We're about to have a good time. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've been doing this for years. And I, 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 love, I love it more now than I ever did. I ain't burnt out. I'm flaming up. First John chapter 3, verse 8, it says, He who sins is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now what's he talking about? He's talking about whether you have brought yourself under the authority of Jesus yet or not. He who sins, the Passion Translation said, he who indulges in a sinful lifestyle is of the devil. But that's the reason Jesus was manifest. That's the reason he came, to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. When you watch people struggle under their sins and you think there's something better, you tell them, look, you don't have to be like that. You don't have to be that way anymore. You don't have to suffer like that anymore. Miserable. I was the place where I work, one of the marinas that I work on, I know everybody pretty well. They know me. Some of them call me the, the shepherd of the lake. I don't know where that, why they come up with that because I just work. When I'm there, I work. I, I'm a strong believer in, in you know, if, if, they, if you're there to work, you work. And so I'm focused on work most of the time. And the other day, the, uh, one of the main bosses was down, and he was talking about, you know, he was walking real stiff. His back was hurting. I said, man, I know how you feel. I've been like that. He said, yeah, I know. He said, I, I heard you really down. That, uh, you're having a lot of trouble with your back. And there was another guy standing there that has worked there for years and know, knows me. He said, yeah, but he knows somebody. I said, yeah, I'm doing a lot better. I said, I, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot better. 
I said, you know, the, it, the doctor said I wasn't supposed, shouldn't be able to be out here. And this guy, that mechanic, just pointed and said, yeah, but he knows somebody. I didn't have to say a thing. Yeah, but he knows somebody. That, that thrilled me more than that. There isn't anything he could have said. Make me any happier. I didn't have to tell them. You know, well, I, I believe in prayer. They said it. Yeah, but he knows somebody. Come on, church. We know somebody. We know somebody that's a little bigger than we are. Has a whole lot more. <laughs> you better stand up. You better stand up with me. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I can't count how many times. Anybody else been hit with allergies? I've never had allergies in my life in this week. I mean, just been like, wow, what's this? And all you allergy sufferers are standing there saying, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> finally, finally, finally experiencing it, aren't you? I know what it's like to be put down totally sidelined and then have God just pick you up and put you right back in the game. None of your doing. Had nothing to do with my power, my ability. Over and over and over I've experienced that in my life. But there's a reason for that. It, it all depends on who has ownership of you. Who has ownership of your life? I told, uh, I told, I've, many of you have heard this. I'm not going to go through the story, but when it looked like I wasn't going to make it in Africa one time, I knew things were bad. I knew I was about, I was slipping away. I knew I was going to be unconscious in just a, just a little while by myself with nobody to help me. I said this. I said, God, if this is where it ends, I'll see you in just a few minutes. But I said, but if you want to get some more miles out of me, you, you might ought to do something. God wanted to get some more miles out of me. Hallelujah. Healed my body. Cleansed my bloodstream. Had a bacterial infection in my blood that had went toxic and I was a sick person. It was trying to destroy me. God wanted some more miles out of me. So he raised me back up. 
How many of you have experienced things like that? I mean, God just changed your life. Just changed your life. Are you under the authority of Jesus today? If you're not yield, living a yielded life to Christ, don't you dare say to God, how could you let this happen to me? You live for yourself. You've made yourself your own deity. It's your wants and desires you live for. You've got to yield to God. Step out from under this regional demonic power and step into the eternal almighty power of God. Today is the day of salvation. Right now. <laughs> right now. Hallelujah. You say, well, it's harder than that. No, it's not. No, it's not. When you yield yourself to Jesus, it's not harder than that. Father, I thank you. God, for what you're doing. I thank you, God, for the word today. I thank you, Father, for understanding and revelation. Lord, I thank you for an identity change in the body of Christ. Will we stop isolating and segregating and we start coming together as a body of Christ in your power and in your authority to where you can say, you just go ahead and worship. This battle belongs to me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word. Hallelujah. I think this is what we need to do. Everybody bow your heads right now and say this with me. Dear Jesus, I humble myself before you. I deny myself. I release myself to you. I put off my old identity. And I take on your identity. Renew me in the spirit of my mind. Change my life. Forgive my sins. Wash me through the blood of Jesus. Baptize me in your power. Raise me up in your glory to be your child in Jesus name hallelujah oh thank you father lord we give you praise for that god we give you glory and honor and praise for that thank you lord